welcome to River Ridge. Uh, my name is Matt. If we have not met, I am thrilled that you're here to celebrate uh, the birth of Jesus this morning with us here at River Ridge Church. Uh, I love the song that we opened with of Joy to the World because joy is such a huge part of Christmas. And I think joy in a lot of ways is my favorite part of Christmas. Uh, here's a picture of my son uh, when he was about eight years old. And like the, the joy of getting just the right present of an infinity, whatever that was, that was, you know, the hot toy at the time. There's so much joy around Christmas. I can remember when our, when our two oldest were really young, and they were three and five, maybe four and six, uh, we got a dog for the family. And we put the dog in the basement, and we wrapped a red ribbon around the dog's neck, and we gave the kids uh, like dog treats and, and leashes and things like that. And they weren't quite sure what was going on. And then we brought the dog out of the basement. And the, the joy on our kids' faces was just unbelievable. And I love the joy of Christmas. You know, many of you probably have joy at Christmas because you get to watch your favorite Christmas movie, right? You get to watch Elf, or you watch A Christmas Story, A Miracle on 34th Street, or Die Hard, or, you know, whatever your favorite Christmas movie is. You're like, yes, there is joy in a Die Hard. But, you know, there's so, there's so many different Christmas traditions that just bring us joy. You know, some of you have matching pajamas that you buy every year. Some of you love to make Christmas cookies for each other. Some of you have traditions around the Christmas tree. Some of you have stocking traditions and all of that type of stuff. And there's so much joy at Christmas. Now, I also recognize that for some, there's not joy sometimes. Just life can be hard or you're not feeling or this is a hard season. But joy has been a part of the Christmas story since the very beginning. 2,700 years ago, so that'd be 700 years before the birth of Jesus, there was an, a prophet whose name was Isaiah, and he wrote about the coming Messiah. And they said, he will be born of a virgin. He will be called Emmanuel, which means he will be God with us. But for 700 years, they waited, and they waited, and they waited, and no Messiah. And then finally, an angel came to a teenage girl who was engaged to a man named, apparently, Joe, <laughs> Joseph. An angel came and said, you're going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And she didn't quite believe it, didn't quite understand it, but then she came to believe. And so likewise, her husband, Joseph, had a similar kind of encounter and wasn't quite sure. And then he also believed. And then nine months later, Mary gave birth to Jesus in a stable where animals were fed and kept and housed. And at that moment, in that moment, the God of the entire universe came down in the form of a baby. That is the miracle of Christmas. Now, not too far away, there were some shepherds, and they were with their flocks and watching their sheep, not too far away, it was at night, and an angel appeared to them. Now, when we think about angels, we typically think about like fat little babies with little flappy wings and maybe a little heart, bow and arrow, but that's not the way that they thought about angels. Every time, or almost every time, that an angel appeared to a person, their first reaction was not, ooh, what a cute fat chair baby. No, their first reaction was, terror was fear. 
And so the angel comes to these shepherds and says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, and I love this line, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, Savior, who is Christ the Lord. I bring you good news of great joy. I think that is my favorite line of the entire Christmas story. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. You see, the joy that Jesus brought wasn't just for Mary and Joseph. The joy that Jesus brought wasn't just for the shepherds. It wasn't just for the people that lived in Bethlehem. It wasn't just for the people that lived in Israel at that time. The joy that Jesus brought was for all people, including you and I. Jesus was born those many years ago that you might have joy, that I might have joy. Now, after Jesus was born, some wise men came, right? And we're not sure how many wise men. We kind of think there were three because there were three gifts that were given, but there, there could have been two, there could have been 27, there could have been 41. We don't know. But they came, and we call them wise men, or we call them magi, or we call them kings. But they came, and they wanted to find Jesus. And they followed a star for a while. And then they got to Jerusalem, and they kind of got stuck. They didn't quite know where to go from there. And they were called wise men because they actually asked for directions, which most of us men don't do. So the wise men asked for directions, learned some things, and then a star appeared over a house. And they followed the star. And here's what it says. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose over them went to rest over the place where the child was. And then here's the important part. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. There is joy in the Christmas story. And then they did this incredible thing is these wise men bowed down and they worshiped this newborn baby, this eight-pound, six-ounce baby boy Jesus. They worshiped him and gave him the presents that they had brought. Joy is all over the Christmas story, from the wise men to the angels to Mary and Joseph to the prophets that came after. There's all sorts of joy. There's an ancient proverb that says this. Give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish, and he will eat for a lifetime. And I would change that a little bit for joy. Say, give a man or a woman, give a person joy for a season, and they'll have joy. But teach a person how to have joy, and they will have joy for a lifetime. We can give out joy at Christmas, between kind of Thanksgiving and Christmas, we can give Christmas joy, or... If we can teach a person, if a person can learn to have joy, they'll have joy for a lifetime. You see, Jesus didn't come to earth so that we could exchange presents, although that's really fun to do. Jesus didn't come to earth so that we could make Christmas cookies, although I love to eat them. Jesus didn't come so that we could wear matching pajamas, and Mary and Joseph did not have matching pajamas in Bethlehem, right? Jesus didn't even come so that we could gather and sing Silent Night in a moment of solitude. Jesus didn't come for that purpose either. Jesus came that we might have joy for a lifetime and that we might have joy for eternity. I want you to listen to what Jesus said about joy. He said this. He said, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. 
transform complete. He says, I have come that you might have joy. Joy in me and I would take joy in you. That your joy would be full. That's why Jesus came. That's what he wants for us to have for a lifetime. To have the fullness of joy. So the question is, how do we get that? How can we have the fullness of joy, not just at Christmas time, not just at a service, not just at a season, not just when life goes well, how can we have joy for a lifetime? There's two parts to it. The first goes back to what the angels said to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. It says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus is the Savior of the world. He came to save us. Now, if Jesus came to save us, that means that we need to be saved from something. When my son Riley was four years old, we put him at swim lessons at the YMCA. And we, you know, sign him up, put him at the pool. We didn't want to be helicopter parents and waiting in the bleachers, so we went and did a workout and exercise. We came back 20, 25 minutes later, and Riley, when he was four years old, he was like a joy-filled, ecstatic, over-the-top kid. Right? He still is sometimes obnoxiously at 24, but different story. So, but he would, and so we, we get back to the, to the pool, and he goes, I learned to swim, watch! And we're like, okay, great instructors, great athletic kid. He jumps in the pool. They didn't teach him how to swim. They didn't teach him how to float on his back. They didn't teach him how to drown. Well, they didn't teach him how to drown. They didn't teach him how to tread water. He jumps in, and he starts sinking, and the lifeguard, fully dressed, jumps in and has to save Riley from the pool. Now, you may wonder, Matt, why didn't you jump in the pool? I wanted her to earn her eight twenty-five an hour is why. But Riley needed saving because he was drowning. The same is true of us, that we need a Savior because we are drowning in our sin. As a matter of fact, the way the Bible puts it, it says that we are dead in our sin. Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins. He paid the penalty for us on the cross. And so the first part of joy in our lives is placing our faith, placing your faith in Jesus Christ as the Savior of not just the world, but of you specifically. And just expressing that to him is, I desire for you to be my Savior because I can't take care of my own sin. Now, some of you are here this morning, and you did that at some point when you were 10 years old, or you got baptized, or you walked on the aisle, or you went to a camp, or you went on a retreat, or whatever it is, or you prayed with your mom and dad, and, and you said, I, I prayed that prayer. I said, I want Jesus in my life. I invited Jesus into my heart. But as you look at your life now, you're not experiencing joy. Like, I don't think that's it, because I did that, and I'm not experiencing joy. And here's the thing, is that step is a great first step, but it's not the only step. This is what Jesus said about how to have joy. John chapter 15, verse 11. He said, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. That's what he wants, that your joy may be full. And it says, these things I've spoken to you, right? So if we can figure out what exactly are these things, if you have these things, if you do these things, then the result is joy. Well, what are those things? 
The previous 10 verses talk about a couple of concepts. I just want to read the very central point of it. It says this. He says, abide in me and I will abide in you. Abide means to be connected, to be, to be close. And you know, it's interesting as I was thinking about this week, I don't use the word abide in my everyday vocabulary, in my everyday language. My guess is that you don't either, right? We don't really say, I abided yesterday. Do you want to go abide? We, it's not a part of our language. I don't know that it was a really common word in Jesus' time either because he gives an illustration to help them understand what it means to abide. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Abide in me. And so in the same way that a branch is connected to the vine, to a grapevine, that's the connection. I want to show you something. So uh, this was a Christmas tree. Um, A month ago it was green and flourishing, but it's been cut off from the Christmas tree. And now it's just a dry, dead branch, right? This, however, the branches are connected to the trunk of these little trees. And it's green and it's flourishing. Why? Because it's abiding. And you see, that's what he's talking about. He says, if you abide in me, then you will have joy. And abiding means that we are connected and we are close and we walk closely with Jesus. Now the next kind of question is, well, okay, how do I do that? How do I abide in Jesus? How do I stay connected? How can I be close to Jesus? And Jesus tells us this as well, verse 10. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. When we abide in Jesus, that means we are keeping his commandments. And so it's, a, it's kind of a linear thing. It's a progression. Say, I want joy. How do I have joy? Abide in Jesus. How do I abide in Jesus? Keep his commandments. And when we keep his commandments, then we are abiding in him. And when we are abiding in Jesus, then we have joy joy. That's how we have joy for a lifetime. It's not seasonal. It's not based on, hey, it's Christmas time. It's Easter time. It's summer vacation time. I got a raise. That's not where joy is. Joy is found in abiding in Jesus, being close to Jesus by keeping his commands. When I was growing up, we used to go to Kings Island, and one of the rides that I loved to ride was called the Old Fashioned Cars. Here's a picture of the Old Fashioned Cars at Kings Island. And there were two commandments when you rode the Old Fashioned Cars at Kings Island. One of them, you can kind of see, it says no bumping, right? So you weren't allowed to ram the car in front of you or jam your brakes on and have the car behind you bump you, right? If you want to do that, go over to the bumper cars, right? That's the first commandment. The second commandment is you actually have to try and drive the car right? And so what you could do, and not that I ever did this, but what you could do is let go of the wheel, hit the gas, and the thing would just bounce all over the place going down the track. That was the second commandment. They would kick you off for doing that. Not that I ever got kicked off, but I was on the other side of the track. But you see, those two commandments, don't bump each other and keep your hands on the wheel and try and steer. If you do that, you're going to have a smooth ride on the bumper car or I mean on the old-fashioned cars, right? (laughs) 
on these cars, right? And you see, the same is true for us. When we follow the commands of God and have joy from abiding, that's how we want to live life. But we find ourselves experiencing kind of a rocky road with the, like the old-fashioned cars all around because we don't abide in Christ, because we don't keep his commandments. You know, the thing is, if we're honest with ourselves, we look for joy in all kinds of different places where it was never meant to be found. We look for joy in experiences. If I can have a great Christmas Eve service, if I can have a great Easter service, if I can have a great summer vacation, if I can have a group, we look for the experiences. Or we try and find it in some other places. You know, we, we try and find it in doing well in school, of retirement, that's when I'll have joy, of finding the job that I like. When we have children, then we'll have joy. And we always have this thing where we're kind of putting it off, like that's where joy is, and it's always right around the corner. But joy doesn't have to be right around the corner. Joy is now when we abide in Christ. One of the things that we say a lot at River Church is we are here to help you take next steps in your journey with God. And I want you to consider a couple of next steps. For some of you, you're here this morning and you've never placed your faith in Christ. And I want to give you the opportunity to do that this morning, to place your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And it's just a simple prayer. You just say, God, I believe Jesus is the Son of God, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, and rose from the dead. And I place my faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. I'd encourage you, if you're here this morning, to pray that prayer in your own words and to seek the forgiveness that's found in Jesus because he died on the cross. And for some of you, the application this morning is to begin abiding in Christ. That you want joy, but you've been looking for it in all these different places that are unfulfilling. Joy is found in abiding in Christ. And we abide in Christ by keeping his commandments. And so for some of you, that's the step to take this morning. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, would you speak to us in this moment? Heavenly Father, thank you for the birth of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the joy that we have at Christmas. And God, I pray for those who are here this morning that are taking a next step, the next step of placing their faith in you as Savior. God, would you draw people to yourself through that this morning? And God, I pray for those who are taking a step this morning to fully abide in you, to find their joy and their life and their existence in you, Lord. And God, for those who might be wrestling with what it means to obey you, God, I pray that you would give them that wisdom, that courage, that strength to follow you, to keep your commandments so they might abide with you and experience the joy that you so much want us to have in this lifetime. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.